and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Demite, and I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus studio with my good friends Aaron Richards hey Dan. and Brad Pura. Good to see you, Dan. Hey, you guys excited to be back for um, another season? Pumped to be back. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. This is amazing. If you're joining us for the first time ever, this is the show where encounter meets mission. That means that we like those encounter moments with Jesus Christ to de uh, deploy us into a life of mission. So on this show, we have a question of the week and then a mission of the week that we'll start taking your questions about how to evangelize and share the gospel with others. And then uh, we'll each give our two cents. Like mm -hmm. literally we have two cents. Literally we, two pennies. Yeah. 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 We, we give our two cents on how to answer that question. And then we conclude by giving a mission of the week to really uh, deploy you into missionary life uh, as a Christian throughout your week. So I'm really excited. Um, I've been practicing my penny flip in the, yeah. in the days off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think we eventually have to figure out what to do with all the pennies, you know, like how do we give them away? But uh, we'll been, if I've you been, want those pennies, let us know. I've been going to um, uh, Big Bear Grocery Store oh, and, and putting them in that little real thing machine. Remember like as a kid? Yeah, I do, I do. I, I, I like, mom, give me a penny. Now please. it's a quarter inflation. No, no, I'll like, tell you what. It's probably like $6. Yeah, you have to put a 50 cent piece. You have to go find one and <laughs> no, then that's the only way to use a, a grocery cart. It's definitely not a penny. Okay, so, but this is also a show on mission. And so it's not just a show about mission. We're also on mission. And so uh, we have a special mission partner who gives $10 for every person mm -hmm. who subscribes to our podcast. So if you subscribe to this, we'll get $10 to send a child to Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Last season, we raised $5,000 to send young people to Catholic Youth Summer Camp. So mm -hmm. if you're interested, That's a big deal. Yeah, That's all awesome. you, do, you push a button and then kids get mm -hmm. to encounter Jesus. That's mm -hmm. pretty effective. So um, all right, I'm excited. We're going to have some fun. Jack, can you give us our question of the week? Woo! Of course, Dan. As a high school student living in California, how do I most effectively hmm. communicate the value of life to my peers and family members? Oh, nice. As a Jack, are you the high school student in California? Yeah, Jack. <laughs> like, when, you, when you started the sentence, I was like, wait, okay, so this no, is a, a high is... school student in California. Yes. He's asking, how can I best share the pro-life yes. movement or the pro-life message, the value of life with my <laughs> peers and family? That's a great question. He so, or she. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he or she. Can I jump on it? Uh, Aaron, right away? Uh, right away. Uh, okay. Okay. Wow. Okay, we're good. We're Season good. three, we're, we're starting. So with two missed pennies. Yeah. I, got, yeah. I got two cents for us today. Okay. So... I uh, I love questions about how to you know how to how to argue or how to communicate. It, it's just such a such a good a good process. I, I think back to one of my favorite communicators is Saint Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> Said and, everyone uh, everywhere. Yeah. Well, you got to read his stuff. I, I I was preparing for a formation class the other day, and I was I went hmm. back to the Summa again for the first time in a long time, and I was just I was I, I was brought back to my uh, theology classes in 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 college. St. Thomas, when he speaks, he always makes a point to learn and explain the opposing perspective, right? He, he didn't make it up himself. He stole that from Aristotle. That was kind of the original way of communicating, mm -hmm. right? And uh, as, I, as I hear this question, how do I communicate the pro-life message? There's, there seems to be a lot of uh, layers to this. So number one, you've got somebody who's who's living in arguably a hostile culture and also someone who probably wants to keep your relationships with your family positive and effective and in in my mind you know usually although there are certainly some exceptions in today's world usually when somebody chooses to ascribe to a certain perspective or believe a certain thing it's because they believe that it's true or believe that it's right 
mm-hmm. and it, you you get a great head start when you can actually study or try to understand a person's oppositional point of view in order to communicate more effectively. So if if you're having conversation or or even argument with a family member or with a friend, uh, understand that their motivation is likely not coming from a place of just complete hedonism and an attempt to ruin people's lives, right? <laughs> their, their, their process is probably coming from a place of some deeply held belief. And the closer you can understand and even communicate your understanding of that belief, the better off you're going to be. <laughs> I love that. Can you, for those who haven't read the Summa, um, how does Thomas Aquinas do it? Because he lays it out in almost a just a like a there's there's a flow to every oh, question yeah, it's and great. answer. Every question in the Summa it starts with with kind of the general heading question, and then uh, a number of responses. So I can't think of an example offhand. Forgive me for well, not what, what, the pro life message. So like, why be <clears throat> pro life, or why do you value? Why shouldn't abortion be? Why isn't it morally <laughs> acceptable? Yeah. So then, then he would list a, a series of questions. So w- what are some of the arguments that that you might hear? Well, I value the lives of women, or that uh, that um, poverty unjustly affects certain people groups other, more more so than others. Uh, what are some other ones? Rape and incest. Great. Great, mm-hmm. rape and incest. Mm-hmm. And and then you understand those perspectives. And then he responds, Well, I answer that. You know, what's what's the answer that that we would ascribe to? That that the dignity of human life is more valuable than all of these things. And then he would go through point by point and actually explain, uh, maybe your question would have been better stated as, you know, XYZ. So he actually goes through and says, Okay, if we're going to ascribe that in situations of rape and incest, that we need to we need to behave in a particular way. You know, he'll he'll do his homework and he'll go and he'll explore every single depth of that question so that he can understand exactly what we're arguing. And instead of just trying to defeat an argument based on better rhetoric, to actually understand the foundation so that a person can be treated with dignity while also breaking down uh, where our discrepancy lies. Yeah, it really dignifies the other side. It's funny, when you were uh, speaking, Aaron, I was thinking back to a, a teaching I did recently with our missionaries on just how to present a message to a crowd. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how like in, in Catholicism, mm-hmm. we have these three really robust, beautiful ways um, to go about communication. We have evangelization, catechesis, and apologetics. But it's important to know which one is appropriate when, right? Like, like if there's someone that's you know, against the pro-life message, right? Then I, then I, I might be evangelizing them, right? I might be trying to show them that, mm-hmm. hey, there's someone over here that has actually some thoughts that are good intentioned. They're not, they're not supposed to just tear you down there, right? Or maybe it's someone that's just been on the fence and they're like, I'm just kind of pro-choice because everybody I know is. Well, then that's a catechetical moment. That's a time to teach, there right? Yeah. And then apologetics. If it's someone that's like coming and that you've known for a long time and it's like likes intellectual banter back and forth, then maybe you can do that. But when we just choose one, cause we're comfortable with it or something, I think that's really, I, I just see a lot of that in what you're saying. Like, let's make sure to dignify the point of the other person to the degree that we can, like let's anchor and see them as a human that I'm talking to, not just a, I don't know, something to bludgeon. Um, yeah. but yeah, I love it. All right. I'm going to add on to Aaron's two cents with my on, two cents. Boom. Um, so I think the, uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm really grateful for whoever asked this question for yeah, the, right. a high school student in California, which is not necessarily the easiest place to evangelize mm-hmm. is hungry to share the, the value of life. And I like the question that said, how do I communicate the value of life? And, 
Um, I think there's, so I would, I love what Aaron said, because I do think knowing the other person's perspective or understanding or worldview um, is very, very important. And then I would just add that sometimes in our modern world, the the Thomas Aquinas approach to argumentation may, it, it's almost like it's a book. And so like his, his the summa is, is a written format as opposed to conversational format. So I think my two cents would be, um, Instead of argumentation, seek uh, uh, don't don't have an argument, but be inquisitive. Right? Hmm. That um, instead of uh, coming at That's it good. with like I have the right answer, you you don't. I know what I'm saying. You you're wrong. Um, but to instead be inquisitive and to realize that the most valuable person is the person in front of you in that moment, whether it's your friends, your peer group, uh, someone that's hostile at you. That the the best thing you can do is see that person. And teach them the value of life by valuing their life. And I think a good way to do that, if you're in a pro-life conversation, Mm -hmm. is to really be inquisitive about who they are and what life experiences they have. What what have they gone through? Um, St. Francis of Assisi, he said, uh, rather be seek to understand rather than to be understood. Mm -hmm. And I think with the pro-life message, it's really important that we seek to understand their perspective rather than just having them understand our perspective. And so um, asking them questions about themselves, asking them questions about why they've they've drawn the conclusions they've drawn, and know that the conclusions they've drawn are based off of their life experiences, just like the conclusions you've drawn are based off of your life experiences. So don't just have an argumentation off of um, these these ideas, right? It's not my idea, your idea, vanilla ice cream versus chocolate ice cream, which one's better, right? It's a, No, it's like, okay, you went through some things. You've had people in your life and that have influenced you, that have gotten you to this place. Maybe you've been hurt or wounded or whatever it is that have led you to this conclusion. And ask inquisitive questions to see them, to love them, to know them. And then from that, find what, what what's the common value? What's the common ground that you can build conversation off That's of, good, right? Yeah. So like wh- when you were going through the I answer that or the some of the objections is the, the dignity of women, like, right, that, well, it's a, it's a woman's body and we have to respect a woman's body. And so we have to value her body and we have to value her choice, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 I have a common value with every person who's pro-choice that I believe in the value of uh, free choice, free will, right? Like I love free mm-hmm. will. Um, I also believe in the dignity of the the woman, right? And so we can use that as a, a starting point to get common ground. So wait, we're not all that different. You value choice and freedom of the will. I value choice and freedom of will. You value the dignity of woman. I value the dignity of woman. Chances are you value the dignity of children as well. We can talk on that. And so then allow that commonality to be the place of conversation. And I think what I have found in um, in these kinds of conversations is I don't have to leave the conversation as the victor. I just have to put, I have to leave the conversation having loved the person authentically and allow the Holy Spirit to convict their hearts later, right? That it, it's possible that um, I, I put out my ideas, my thoughts, not in an aggressive way, but in a conversational way. I ask them questions, they ask me questions, I ask them questions, and then allow my answers to their questions or my thoughts to my own questions build in in their mind later on, right? That mm-hmm, And allow mm-hmm. that to, to shape them, not in the moment, but as the moments progress. Yeah, that's really good, Dan. Because I, I think... <laughs> That that's just the that's the most human thing to do. Like I, I do think sometimes we we forget how, how you were you were using the word win and like be, leaving Victor. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. And I do think sometimes we want to win the moment more than we want to win the soul. 
Like we want to win this moment. I want to walk away knowing that I made better points. And, but it's like, but then that, that conversation was futile anyway. Why even have a conversation if you're just going to leave going, I know my thing well, you know, cause you might've thought you knew your thing well going into it. The, the goal of a dialogue is to, to allow them to see me as I see them. Right. Like yeah, that yeah. relationship piece is so critical. Cause if I don't build relationship, I don't know. I don't think my opinion's ever been fully changed by someone I'm not in relationship with. Like at least to the degree to which I've changed my life yeah. or changed uh, like a substantial piece of it. Um, that's really interesting. Well, there's, there's an art to relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think in, in most of like the social media expressions that we have today that, that most of our generation has grown up with almost exclusively, that, that there's like when I have a perspective or a deeply held belief, I post it and that's my statement. Right there's 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 not a there's not a process of learning to to come into relationship with another and and learning to wrestle together and learning to maybe even compromise my point. Well, not and, and like I have to know this person has something to teach me as well, right? Yeah. Like they're a human <laughs> being <laughs> that has had life experiences that have molded them and shaped them. So if I just see them as ignorant and and some like liberal that doesn't believe in the pro life message, like then I I have devalued them as a person. And mm-hmm. so when yeah, relationships as you're valuable, I'm valuable, and when we interact together, we're actually going to bless each other. And if I don't carry that disposition that you have something to teach me as well from from your thought process, from your experiences, then yeah. I'm 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 actually not living the pro life message. You yeah, know? I'm, I'm treating them like an object to win in a conversation. There's probably something to learn there too that. That, that you know the the prevailing story that we would hear in the world today is that two people who have different perspectives they can't they can't exist in relationship mm. right the 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 political dynamic that we see expressed is that you you have to be the enemy of the person who disagrees with you and that's that's just not reality mm-hmm. like we can we can live in relationship with people who have different beliefs, even even different beliefs about deeply held convictions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, even think like we we love subjects. We don't we don't love objects. Like any anything you objectivize, you're not loving. And so we talk about this on the Christian side all the time. Like don't object objectify women. Don't objectify men, right? But when we're in arguments, we'll objectify people all the time. Mm-hmm. We make them an object against us instead of a subject that we're in relationship with for a moment. And that's that's always wrong. It's always wrong. It's, it's so funny. I think social media kind of heightens that too. I, I was thinking about that a lot when you were speaking, Dan, is like, because I'm, I'm speaking into a void that's kind of to people, but it's kind of just a, 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 a medium by which I, I just put an objective thing out there at least what I believe to be an objective thing, right? Instead of actually seeing a person eye to eye, because again, you're not saying that there's not objective truth. You're saying that when we're in conversation with someone, there's another person with a life experience who's a unique, specific, and unrepeatable image of Christ mm-hmm. in front of me mm-hmm. that, that the Father wants just as much as he wants me. Yeah, I mean, imagine if like you are mesmerized by the grandeur of God in that person who's totally different than you. They're going to see that, and that in themselves is going to communicate the value of life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Well, I have my two cents. I also think I used both objectivize and objectify. I think objectify is the right verb, but who knows? I'm going to reach over and put two cents in. And um, Verbs, if nouns. you have comments, let us know. Um, you speak with so much confidence, Brad. Yeah, <laughs> that, that people didn't even know until I said it. No, I um, I actually love this question too. I yeah, if you if you submitted this question, I would love to meet you. And so please comment on this if you're get on a plane, fly to Ohio. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm Brad. sure you probably come to camp or something like that. But I yeah, let us know that you asked this question because it's really good. Um. I think I kind of want to build off what you two are saying. So I, I, um, 
I want to find the right words to say this up front. So I, I think anytime that we are going into a conversation, um, desiring to challenge someone, mm -hmm. we have to be willing to challenge ourselves too. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it puts us on the same playing field. So whenever you're in a conversation with someone and you go in saying, I'm going to make you make all of the change here, they're not going to change Be because of human nature. Like if someone comes to you and says, I'm not going to do anything, but you should change everything. Your initial thing is like, probably not, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, because it doesn't seem like it's in good faith. It doesn't seem like it's actually aiming towards something that's um, synchronized, unified, all, all of the things. So I think that when we're, when we're communicating the pro-life message, I think it's really important as that person is explaining to us where they're coming from, especially if they're on the like complete other side of what we would consider being pro-life, it's important to honor the fact as you're challenging them that some of the points they're making you want to take seriously too. So for example, if you're having that conversation and someone's like, yeah, but like, could you imagine if some of the little ones were born into the circumstances that these women have in their lives? Mm -hmm. Like they wouldn't have a chance. They wouldn't have a chance. Like, it, isn't that cruel and unusual punishment to have a kid that has to be born into poverty and has to go through and will probably become a gang member and live a life that's incredibly challenging. Just look at the statistics. Can you, can you believe that that's even real? All of a sudden as a Christian, and instead of just bludgeoning them for rhetoric that doesn't get to the objective point of the argument, which we can do all the time. Like, yeah, okay, but that's all anecdotal. And let me bring you this. And it's like, yeah, okay, we can talk anecdotes all we want, but, but she needs an antidote, not an anecdote. She needs, she needs, she, I'm saying she here, maybe because I've had conversations like this, but like whoever that person is, mm -hmm. um, th they need to hear from you. It breaks my heart too, that there's circumstances like that. That bothers me a lot, mm. but, but I, I never think circumstances like that are worse than life is good. I don't, I don't think they have the same strength of, uh, like, I, I, I think life is always worth living. And, and then, but as you're making that point, continuously going back to, I want to work with you on how we solve some of those problems. Mm. I just don't think the solution to that problem is not bringing life into the world. I think there's other solutions to that problem. And I don't have all those answers. And I'm sure you've probably thought about some of those more than I have. So let's have that conversation mm. as well as this one. Yeah. Can, can we agree to that? Now, all of a sudden, I've, I've, I've developed relationship by, by, by stepping forward instead of calling from my line, right? I've actually met in a middle part to allow them to feel comfortable taking that step towards me as well. And, and like I said, I, I, like I said, I probably was saying she, because I, I, I speak at college campuses a lot and these are conversations that you'll have. And I've never found it effective when I just immediately go, well, here are the three areas where your premises are wrong and here's the new conclusion. So thanks for bringing this up. Mm -hmm. But I found a ton of traction when I'm like, especially when I feel it, right? Like, like sometimes you'll have conversations and the person's like, like they have tears in their eyes and then you can like, you can chalk up in your mind that that's fake or something like that. But in my experience there, there's reality there. They're like, my heart's broken for the world. Mine too. That's why I'm Christian mm -hmm. <laughs> because my heart's broken for the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I believe in this. So anyway, I would say that, um, let me put it together. I, I think that when we're communicating the pro-life message, it always comes with a challenge for the other side, but let's be willing to challenge our side too. And some of our, um, proclivities to want to just uh, objectivize, objectify the conversation and let's allow ourselves 
to meet in a place where we agree to what you were talking about, Dan, and challenge ourselves to get better, challenge the church where we need to grow. And like, yeah, we want to take that more seriously too. Yeah. I love that. I think it's empathy. Like you're just communicating, like I have to have an empathetic heart that I'm empathizing (laughs) with the person across from me. And, and I actually have an empathy for the brokenness in this world. Like if, if my heart's not bleeding over the, the, the pain and the suffering and the hurt that people are in that's leading to abortion, then, then, my heart's broken, right? Like yeah. I need, I need to, I need to have a heart of love towards these people. Not a, this is not an, a, a, this is not a political um, conversation that we have to win aside. This is a, this is a worldwide global crisis of broken people making broken decisions, and we have to have That's hearts word, that yeah. want to heal them. And I think there's, man, yeah, like, and actions speak louder than words. Who was the best communicator of the pro-life message the world's ever seen? Probably Mother Teresa. Not because she stood on a podium and spoke a pro-life message. It's because the, the, the question, how do I best communicate the value of life? Well, Mother Teresa best communicated the value of life by her actions. She saw the, the hurt in the world, and she said, I'm going to personally do something about it, and that's going to communicate the value of life more than anything, better than any conversation and argument and quit, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that communicates the value of life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, when, I, I think it, it's important to recognize that instead of, in order to argue life, speaking death to the other person, let's let's in speaking life present life to the other person mm-hmm. like like we should we should be joyful that they're willing to have a conversation with us they should see in us that we're living a life worth living that that like whenever we're arguing and we just look like sour pusses as pope francis calls it like who wants to believe that anyway hey thanks for being really like uh i don't know like really stoic to me right now cuz this is great i really love your points let me consider those yeah. but if it's like hey thanks for actually talking to me cuz i i feel like every time it's just an argument and you like yeah, there's there's power in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There's power in what you're saying. Aaron, any last thoughts? I I try to uh, I try to picture the person who's asking the question in my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the the only way to win relationship and family is love and time spent together. So my my sense is that if if there's yeah if there's if there's a divide, that's how it can be solved. Yep. Amen. All right, we're going to conclude with our mission for the week. So Brad, Aaron, myself, we'll each give you an encouraging mission on how to take this message into your week. Who wants to go first? I'll jump in. Yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking through this, you know, the, the process of loving a person doesn't just happen in conversation. So I, I don't just, when I go through the course of my day, I try to think about the people that I'm going to talk to or the people that I'm going to have meetings with. And that, that, that preparation actually communicates love. So I, I would suggest that if, if you've got somebody in mind right now that you, uh, you want to win an argument with or you want to bring over to your cause, to start thinking about that relationship and think about the conversation before it happens. And that will help you to sort of visualize what are the priorities that are motivating this person so that you can be prepared and you can actually have their heart and mind when you step in. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I have one. Um, for my mission of the week, I, I'm just being drawn to the scripture verse that says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. And to somewhat similar to Aaron, you're not just going to like have a conversation with someone uh, where you can pre- present the pro-life message well, if in your day-to-day life, you're not speaking in a way that's life-giving. So if if you have a family that's at home or if you're living with a group of friends, like I just want to encourage you this week to, to really challenge yourself 
to only speak life in your home. Like when you go home, only speaking life, not gossiping, not yelling, not raising your voice, but like, but really creating a culture of life with your tongue. Because when you begin disciplining yourself in that, when those conversations come later, where you are called to present the pro-life message, you're able to do it with a heart that's been disciplined in the function of presenting things in life-giving ways. That's so good. I love it. All right. My mission of the week is uh, very simple. I love intercession. um, And I think uh, I just want to encourage you to pray for people um, who have an opinion that's different than yours this week. And if you're in California and it feels like the whole world's against you, just intercede, intercede, intercede. Um, The church teaches that the Holy Spirit is the agent of evangelization. So only the Holy Spirit can change a person's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can open a person's mind. And so pray that the Holy Spirit would begin preparing hearts and minds of those that you will get the opportunity to share the gospel of life with. And as you pray for them, uh, the Holy Spirit's going to show up in those conversations. So Mm -hmm. speaking of prayer, Aaron, would you like to close us in prayer today? I would love to. Mm -hmm. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God, we're grateful for the person who sent in this, this message and for all of us who find ourselves in similar circumstance. God, we do pray for those who have oppositional points of view, and we pray for every victim, especially of this sin of abortion in the world. Those of us who continue to uh, fight this difficulty, who, who kind of bear the wounds of a divided culture, and for those of us who bear the wounds of divided families and divided friendships, as well as, of course, those of us who have been wounded by the act specifically. Jesus, we just pray your mercy. Uh, God, thank you for showing us time and time again that there's nothing that we can do on our own apart from your love and your compassion. So I pray for, Lord, a deeper friendship Mm -hmm. and a deeper closeness to you. And I pray, Jesus, that you uh, you would intervene miraculously, especially in family relationships that have been broken on account of division over this topic and other social topics. Um, Jesus, allow us to see family as our priority and our mission and to pour our hearts out, uh, to pour our lives out in that sacrifice of love. Mm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for watching and listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And we just want to close today by telling you that mission Mission makes makes sense. sense. Get it? Because mission. We'll see you next week. God bless. Sense. That's what we do.